0: You're listening to the Fighting Irish Faithful show on dos Leprechauns Media, sponsored by dos Leprechauns Media, selling out to Debra- dos Leprechauns Media, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Doesn't matter. We don't care. We got 10,000 followers now on dos Leprechauns on Facebook right now. So that was a milestone. Uh, so, uh, Jason, I'll be waiting for that check in the mail. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, thank you for joining the Fighting Irish Faithful show and, uh, yeah, happy to make, uh, make, I'm happy that I'm part of your day, your work commute, uh, and for the people who are going to join us tonight, I see Adam, I see Kevin, and apparently a cat just jumped into my lap and scratched my leg, so, uh, welcome to the cat here, I'm going to podcast, this is actually a first, hello cat, podcasting with me, All right, totally off script, um, But I do have some information that is actually written down here. Uh, uh, But first, scotch and spreadsheets. You all know the the drill here. And if you don't, welcome. And you're new. Uh, But we went to the old trusty. The $20 very large bottle from Costco of blended scotch whiskey. Uh, And today was probably the first time I had a swig of it. And I was like, yeah, this is not good. But (laughs) you can't be the price for what we do. And I'd have to say... This has powered most of the shows. Um, I don't actually have a written log of uh, what whiskey we were drinking, so um, maybe I should start doing that. But anyway, welcome to the show, uh, Fighting Irish Faithful Show. Tonight we're going to talk, last week, if you missed the show, we talked strictly about quarterbacks, specifically Sam Hartman, and did a comparison to him to what national champion quarterbacks do, and even did some comparison of how he does in tough games Versus the likes of Jimmy Clausen, Brady Quinn, and Stenson Bennett. Uh, So if you missed that, go back to the other episode. That should be just before this one in your queue, uh, in your smartphone. So, uh, yeah. Oh, we got people jumping on here. This is great. Um, But first and foremost, before we do anything else, today was the Assumption of Mary. And since Notre Dame is Our Lady, the Mother of Jesus, if you didn't go to Mass today... It's my responsibility to tell you to get right with the Lord, okay? I don't care if you're not Catholic. You should go to Mass anyway, all right? Because if you're listening to this, you're most likely a Notre Dame fan, and what would Notre Dame be without the Mother of Christ? So, all right. Enough with my preaching there, all right? Um, and then, before we get to our people here, one other thing before I forget, and the uh, scotch takes over in my brain is uh, the Toast of the Night. Uh, It's going to go out to uh, the eldest brother in uh, the Fighting Irish Faithful uh, family, Uh, my eldest brother and Red Snapper's eldest brother. Um, There's a milestone going on in his life right now, I should say. So we're going to just give him the toast. We'll be very vague and generic there. But the toast is to uh, Eldest Brother Irish Faithful, who is not on Twitter. But maybe if we all pester him that'll happen all right let's it's some people here uh i'm gonna see i saw adam jump on first i think uh so we'll invite adam to speak and uh, he can talk about literally any topic under the sun regarding notre dame football um but we are going to talk about receivers running backs and defensive production available to the team uh that we have going into 2023 so adam bat signal sent out unless you are falling asleep and you cannot speak. but And if that's the case, that's fine. Uh, we'll just move on to the next person. All right, Adam, you lost your spot. That's fine. We'll go to Kevin at Davis0560. Welcome back, Kevin Davis, if you wish to speak and join us. If not, we'll just save defense for the end because I actually put that <laughs> last in my, in my list here. That was not done intentionally. Um, okay, so one of the th- oh, there's Kevin. I see you coming on here. Welcome back, Kevin.
1: Oh, no, I just call say, uh, just tapped in, just say what's up and say hey. Hey, gonna, I want to hear what you guys say about these uh, receivers and this defense. I want to see what the stats say, see what the what the spreadsheet
0: say about this. Yeah, the um, you know, a lot of it is is a breakdown of what uh, what's left in the cupboard per se, or, you know, what, who departed, who's left and who are the notable departures um, since you're the defensive uh, secretary of defense of the podcast. You know, and I mean, clearly the um, the big loss uh, per se is Fosky, right? Uh, the first Notre Dame player drafted into the NFL this season. Um, you know, he had 23 solo tackles, 22 assisted tackles, but the biggest, were his 14 tackles for loss and his 11 uh, sacks. So um, huge, huge impact, um, huge driving force uh, of our defense. And of the notable uh, returners, he makes up about half of the sacks and tackles for loss, respectively of the notable returning uh, men. So that that's kind of that's a huge hole that we're gonna have to fill. Um, so we'll see if some of these younger guys who, you know, especially on the D line and kind of the, on the edge, outside linebacker kind of positions, what they can do.
1: It seems like they're big on Jean Baptiste. Um, seem like they think he's going to try to bridge that gap, but we'll, we'll see. Um, I'm not, I mean, he hasn't played much, so I don't Yes.
0: And, and you're referring to our, uh, big transfer from Ohio state.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Which is interesting. So we get Jean Baptiste, but then we we give it's like a trade in in you know the NFL or something. We give them Lorenzo Styles, who now is a safety apparently, or a cornerback. Really? I don't know. Yeah, he's playing he's playing DB. So I don't know what that means, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. I don't know. I mean, maybe that's what he thinks is his best uh, opportunity to play. Um, I didn't really go back and look at the history of Styles. It's like, okay, you, you left. Peace be with you. Um, you know, it is what it is. So, yeah. so, yeah, Who, do you know? Do you, the, you know
1: who's second behind Foskey when it comes to sacks tackle for loss?
0: So, as far as based off, so tackles for loss. If I just look at um, individual uh, contributions, second behind Foskey. Was per my spreadsheet here is J.D. Bertrand. Now I can verify that. Uh, Let's see here. So tackles for loss. Yes, was Bertrand had eight and a half right behind Foskey's 14. As far as sacks go, it was not Bertrand. It's another individual. Take another wild guess. Uh, I'll give you a hint. He had a key, had had a a punt block. Against Marathon, right? No, it's Bethel. Okay. Bethello had four and a half sacks. So he is second on the list as far as, uh, um, you know, impacting the team and helping us in that regard. So.
1: Well, we got to get better pressure up front then. That just that doesn't say a lot yeah. up front. So yeah,
0: just... I'll be very honest with you. The the two areas that were of biggest concern, number one was the D line, just because, you know, you lose um Amiola's, Both of them are gone. Um, And then you got Foskey, who was clearly was a presence um, just based off production. Um, And he can pretty much play wherever, you know, and and do great at it. Um, So so we really need to to plug up the middle, um, you know, because no good team is successful without having good men up front. The next piece, I would say, after D line is actually safety. Because when I go through the stats and I'm looking at, okay, who made valuable contributions from anything from interceptions to tackles, tackles for loss, et cetera, sacks, um, no safeties hop up there. And the the only one that shows up would have been a notable departure in Brandon Joseph. But let's just let's face it. Brandon Joseph was not the biggest contributor in the uh, tackle department. He had 15 solo tackles and 15 assists. Now, he did have one uh, fumble and one, um, interception. So, so that is good too. Um, but after that, then you start looking at, okay, who's returning in the safety department. No one really jumps off the page. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see, um, you know, who we're going to put back there at one of the most key positions on the defense and who has to be fast.
1: Yeah. I I would like to say that I feel like Brandon Joseph was a disappointment, but that's just me.
0: Yeah. I kind of, honestly, I thought he would do more. Um, and I don't know if it's the transition from Northwestern Notre Dame or from whoever the DB coach was over at Northwestern under Fitzgerald, uh, going over to the Al Golden system, you know, uh, I would like more. Now, what I also will say is he had to fill some big holes from the previous, uh, you know, resident back there in Kyle Hamilton. Um, And if I even go farther back, I think of, you know, great safeties like Julian Love or Harrison Smith or, you know, pick pick your pick your favorite safety back there. You know, Um, I think uh, uh, let me say this. Whoever is fighting for the starting safety job um it's going to be earned because I think the the slate is pretty clean back there unless they're going to move one of these other people um you know to the back um who used to be playing uh corner for example I don't know
1: Well they talked about they talked about this new Aztec formation where they're going to have three safeties on the field so we'll see we'll see how this I Don't way. know
0: I don't. I mean, I guess if, I guess if the opponent, it makes sense, you know, um, but yeah, I don't know the, the one guy, the one recruit who I think could have a chance, uh, to do well and make contributions. Now, do I want him necessarily to be the starter? Not necessarily, but, um, Ben Minich, um, who actually was recruited in as an athlete and now, now our, our depth chart here at, uh, fightingirish.com is saying that, He's now listed as a safety, um, so I think I think that is uh, of all our of all our recruits. Um, you know, he's the only one that that falls into that safety safety bucket. After that, it's someone like a Christian Gray or a Micah Bell um, who is listed as a cornerback, and maybe they're just going to transition. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I might I might be wrong, but I think minutes is he's nursing an injury. Okay, or I might be. wrong. I think he might be. I don't think it's anything major, but I think he hasn't I think they're they're high on him. He just nursing the injury, I okay. think, or something. Okay.
0: Yeah, and I'll and I'll be the first to admit I haven't I haven't uh, QC'd my list here against the uh you know who's in the infirmary, right? Yeah. Yeah. So which is which maybe is a byproduct of how close we are to the beginning of the season because it's less than two weeks away. <laughs> which doesn't even feel what what i will say this the doc it was very impressive i think it was yesterday we're we're sitting around having dinner right and she says hey uh do you want to have you know so and so over for the uh the notre dame game and i was just like this is excellent you're you're already like getting ready to like host people over here for for the first home game of the year like that would be fantastic so um of course i said yeah that would be fine um and they were very pro Notre Dame people, which is good too. You know, it's not just some random people and, you know, the the people are going to go off in the other room and play Bunko or something. Well, you know, I drink scotch and beer and eat nachos and yell at the television, you know, that, that is not the case. So, um, these are legit fans, um, that will probably be coming over. So, well, the least, the, the idea has been synthesized and if anyone is, you know, in the, Southern Indianapolis area and wants to stop by, by all means, just hit me up on Twitter and I'll send you my address. So. <laughs> all right. Well, Kevin, anything else on, on players or uh, any last thoughts before we move on to the, to our other people here? We want to make sure we get everyone in.
1: Yeah, I'm just excited, man. I'm okay with being pre-season 13 also, so I'm okay with
0: that. Cool are you baiting me when you do that is, is that like red meat you just threw at me when you said that
1: uh, yeah <laughs>
0: it's like or maybe you're like oh wait yes that's right this is this host of this podcast yeah i mean don't get me wrong kevin that, that's fine i'm not gonna lambast you here but um number 13 sure i guess that's cool you know lucky 13 not that i'm that superstitious about it um but do i personally really care not really um you know, 2012, we started unranked, um, that same year in 2012, USC was ranked first. Um, we know what happened to them that season. Um, you know, for me, like the preseasons, you know, it's just, it's just a bunch of stuff. And, uh, to me, it just feels like smoke and I guess it's kind of fine. And, you know, you got all these, you know, people who have access and writers, but it's like, how can, how can someone who's like, you know, an AP writer in Georgia or LA or New York or South Bend or wherever, really make a, a unbiased assessment of all the other, you know, teams in college football to really come up with an accurate top 25. Um, you know, I guess if you're, if you're, if you did what I do, which is look at, okay, who left, who made valuable contributions, like, for example, estimate, Contributed eleven rushing touchdowns to our total twenty-five last year, right? So, hmm, they still have that guy coming back, so that's part of the the ether there that'll make Notre Dame's rushing successful, for example, right? You would have to do that analysis for so many teams, and I just quite frankly don't believe that you know these people are doing this in any sort of mathematical, statistical way. It's just kind of knee-jerk reaction divining rods and you know crystals that they're coming up with how they're putting these things together or they're getting paid in bank accounts and it's like the nil i don't know right you know there's there's you know this is my tinfoil hat part of the podcast but um it's fine like it's fun like i I can i can find the fun i guess in in the rankings do i put stock in it no do do most people take stock of it i've gotten shit for that on twitter where people are like well, geez, it's just pre-ranking. No one's taking it really serious. Like, eh, I guess. But then, like, that didn't stop Notre Dame from blasting it all over the, you know, and, you know, 16 by 9 aspect ratio font. You know, it just says, Notre Dame, number 13 preseason. So, um...
1: I don't take any stock in it either. I just, only when I said I'm okay with 13 because I feel like it takes a little pressure off, right? It's just like thirteen. Okay, we're not super high ranked. We're like if we don't have a good season, it's we're like gonna middle get of the black. pack, you know? Right. Uh, yeah. So it's not like it's like we're not ranked one. It's like we have these super high expectations, and like so I'm okay. like I'm just okay with preseason thirteen. I'm, yeah. It doesn't bother that much.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I saw something else about some of you know Notre Dame's players and how the, like I, th- I think it was ESPN or someone who like ranked every single player well not every single player but like the top 100 players in college football and unfortunately caleb williams was at the top but it's like okay it's the heisman trophy winner what do you expect right and it's usc and da 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 da. okay and then um um they put i i I scrolled down because i wanted to know where they put sam hartman they put him at 25 so i'm like okay you know but um You know, quarterbacks are only as good as their receivers and receivers are only really as good as their quarterbacks. So, you know, that must be a symbiotic relationship. And you don't have an O-line, you're trash either way. So just ask Jimmy So, All right, Kevin, uh, we're going to jump over to Adam here, uh, who uh, was on earlier. Thank you, Kevin Davis, for your contributions. Jump in at any point. Adam Dowling, hello, or maybe it's Mrs. Dowling, at Adam Adam underscore Dowling one on Twitter. You've been invited to speak, sir. Uh, Welcome back to the show if you wish to join us. Um, While we wait for Adam to jump on before we jump into receivers, we're going to give the Twitter shout out. Uh, So I I got a a tweet, uh, a message here from Dr. Abby at It's Abby Be Happy on Twitter. And uh, she she picked up on the reference I made last week where I was talking about my expectations for the season. And I had mentioned that I have a very high expectation this season, regardless of my preseason ranking rant from earlier. But my expectation is that Notre Dame needs to win a New Year's Six. Okay. Cotton Bowl, Sugar Bowl, what have you. Um, That is my expectation this year. I think we with the quarterback we have and the and the roster that we're going to talk about tonight returning, um, I think we have what it takes uh, to get there, assuming we win a couple of these big games here. Now that being said, I also followed up and says I don't want to quote settle for a New Year's Six win. I would, quote, rather win the whole damn thing, to which Dr. Abby, I don't know if she is actually a doctor, but if she has respect, you know, doctor of physical therapy, orthopedic surgeon, oncology, or you're uh, uh doctor, Dr. Pepper. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but uh, she made a reference to Major League um and which i think i made that same reference as well so twitter shout out is going to at it's abby be happy on twitter so thank you which who is not jumping on tonight but that's fine maybe she's shy and she got to get up early to you know you know suture people up in the er or something who knows all right so moving on Adam says 11 days, RTDB, and Watts-Henderson-Brown rotation. That's cool. Well, Adam, you're you're texting me stuff, but you don't want to jump on. What, are you sitting in bed? The, the missus is asleep, or you don't want to wake up the dog? I don't know. And that's cool if you are. No problem. All right, moving on. Okay, receivers. Everybody's favorite topic other than mine. <laughs> But, you know, receivers is huge, and I just spent a lot of time talking about Sam Hartman. We got to talk about receivers. So clearly, notable departures, Michael Mayer, Braden Lindsey, Logan Diggs, and Lorenzo Styles. All th- four of those men did score touchdowns. And there's a couple other uh, guys who did catch passes, but I only really looked at the guys who were scoring t- touchdowns. And why is that? You all know why. Because the national champion, the number two most important stat is receiving touchdowns and not only that the national champion of the last 10 years there there's 41 passing touchdowns or 41 receiving touchdowns however you want to however you want to divide that up so Notre Dame did not have 41 last year <laughs> not even close a uh, little more than half of that we had 25 so um that's kind of where we are at um bump bump bum, yep exactly the um, so of the 25, Mayer accounted for nine. Lindsay had three, Diggs had two and Styles had one. So what's interesting from just if we just look at receiving, um Diggs and Styles have transferred, Of course, Lindsay's done with his eligibility and Mayer's about to go, you know, kick ass in the NFL for the Raiders. Um, the departure of Diggs and Styles doesn't leave too much of a hole, just three of those touchdowns gone. But when you take into account nine by Mayer, um, who had more than Lindsay Thomas and Diggs combined, um, you know, you throw a Tyree in there and, and then, okay, finally, you know, they over overcome the, the mad force that was Michael Mayer, um, but we just have 10 receiving touchdowns from last year, quote, remaining on the team with Thomas, Tyree, Estime, Mitchell Evans, Dion Colsey, Matt Salerno, and Tobias Merriweather. So so that is a problem that, that does raise some concerns. Um, now, if we go over to yard points, um, Notre Dame had 2,637 yards receiving last year from all these men I've just mentioned. Um, only 37% remain, less than a thousand, so not good. Um, and if we go over to just receptions, it's, it's it's about the same, 37%. So now, what's interesting is if you take the average reception per catch or yards per catch, um, the leader on this whole grouping was actually Tobias Merriweather merriweather had one catch for 41 yards so he statistically is the winner I guess you know I guess that's not very good math an average of one. Um, it'd be nice if he had 30 to 15 or more um to be statistically significant. but regardless, um, the average is of one is 41. so there you go. So I guess he's the most efficient. so why'd he only catch one ball? I don't know or it's just a fluke thing it's you know it's an outlier in the data um but anyway he's got one reception for every touchdown you know wow that's great um Mitchell Evans that's an interesting one so everyone remembers kind of that package where he just come in and just kind of bulldoze people in and you know take handoffs you know he got a rushing touchdown doing that as well um but yeah every he had a total of three receptions and one touchdown so one out of three Hey, that's a that's a touchdown! So way way to go, Mitchell Evans. Um, what's interesting though is if you look at the average of receptions and if you look at receptions per touchdown as a whole, the team averaged 12.7 yards per catch and 8.3 receptions per touchdown. Now, if you take away Mayer and Lindsey Diggs and Styles, and you just look at who's left, the actual average is the same 12.7 so that's really interesting and then you look at receptions per touchdown it it gets a little um it actually gets better it drops to 7.6 on average so what it tells me is we're going to get more efficient with the receivers here without actually um you know, dropping off in like yardage production or something. If 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 the yardage was really small, like less than ten yards, and the uh, receptions per touchdown average had also dropped, that to me would say like, oh, these guys are just catching things in the red zone, and they're kind of getting these, you know, onesie twosie kind of passes. Um, so that that kind of made me feel a little better about that. All right. So that's the, that's kind of it on the receiver side. You know, it's pretty, it's pretty straightforward when you look at receivers. There's nothing too crazy um, going on there. I bet Adam is definitely on doing texting here. What are you doing? Have a good shot. Have to wake up at 3.30 central. Go Irish. Okay. Good night, Adam Dowling. (laughs) That's right. I think he, he works in uh, one of the big industries there. So he's got to, uh, he needs some shut eye to pay attention to what he's doing, which is fine. Adam sorry I didn't start the podcast sooner or is it like just a summer thing and then in the fall you'll stay up later or you're just getting older I don't know that's okay maybe we'll just see you after post games and if I can put my toddler to bed earlier that's fine too all right well since Adam is uh wanting me to uh sing a lullaby here to sleep we'll see if at pillow Jace Um, has anything to say about the receivers, defense, or even running the football. Jay, if you're there, by all means, jump on.
2: So, yeah, I definitely do. And it's all about Tyree. Okay. I mean, think about it. Uh, Here's a guy who is quick, who can, who can, you know, make plays in open space And you're going to move him from running back to slot receiver. Yes, I mean, I think, and and Freeman already said he's going to be your your um, both kickoff and punt returner. I mean, I think I think Tyree is going to do some special things this season.
0: We'll see. I I really hope so. You know, it's it's my it's my understanding that if a coach is going to totally move somebody from one position to another. Um, it's with intent to help the team out and utilize his strengths and his abilities to help this team in a better way. And usually that also results in more playing time. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure that John Goodman, when he played, he originally came in as a quarterback and then was moved over to like a wide receiver. Um, and, you know, in twenty twelve he had a couple of couple of decent catches. One of my favorite catches of all that season was against uh uh Michigan State, uh, which which was a huge missile that uh that Everett Golson chucked and got him in the end zone, right? So so if you don't know what I'm talking about, go to the uh go to the highlights of the Michigan State game um that myself and Dos Leprechauns produced out there out there on the YouTube. But anyway, we um what I wanted to know is is do you think he's gonna have uh, like do you do you think it's gonna be like a real breakout year for him, kind of like theoretic when he was moved to running back and just kind of got stupid crazy good at receiver? Or do you think it's gonna be kind of more like I don't I don't wanna talk bad about Braden Lindsay, but like how do you, how do you say have a Brady Lindsay career without it saying bad?
2: Right. So, you know, I'll tell you how I want it to be and how I think it's going to be. It's two different things. Mm-hmm. I I really want, because I'm a huge Tyree fan. I mean, I mean ever since Wisconsin game, right? <laughs> I yeah. mean, so, you know, I want him to have a breakout season where he's um, not only dominant, you know, returning Balls, you know, from kickoffs and punts, but you know, in that slot position where Mayer was really the only person last year, and you know, Tyree's not going to be the only person, but I think in that slot position, I think he can really shine. You know, get him the ball, let him, you know, create some space and and run. I think you know he has that opportunity, but you know, I don't know. With a new quarterback, uh, with the focus on trying to make sure that other receivers get the ball, also while trying to make sure that the entire stable of running backs get touches, that it's going to be a lot for him. But I think yeah. when he does, when he does have have that opportunity, he's going to you know excel at it. So.
0: I mean it it's my everyone knows how fast Tyree is and it and it would be almost, you know, a crime or whatever to, to not target him more. Um what's really interesting is I was looking at um the stats from the eighty seven season. Um and something that I noticed um was Tim Brown. He had I think just as many receiving touchdowns as he did like punt return touchdowns that year and, and clearly his punt returns and and that electricity is why he won the Heisman. Um, So I'm okay. If, if Tyree's production on the field, as far as like, you know, plays from scrimmage and that sort of thing are, um, are kind of, kind of mediocre, mediocre kind of, kind of situation. Um, If, He's giving us a huge, huge boost in the special teams.
2: Yep, I agree with that. Yeah, 100%. Be-
0: because we've seen him in special teams do crazy, amazing things. Um, and we can play, play the clip if you want. Um, <laughs> let's play the clip. Let's find the clip. Why not?
2: Yeah, go for it. Yep.
0: All right, where are you at?
3: Up. Tyree Here's Tyree with the lane. Tyree! Whoa! Can he get there? Tyree at the 30! 20! 10! Touchdown, Notre Dame! Woo! 98!
2: Big
0: ones! Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. So if, if that's what's happening, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yep. Got no problem with that. Now, what do you think of these uh, these new recruits that, that we got coming in? We got quite a bit of receivers, you know, versus, you know, last year all we really had was Merriweather, um, and he didn't really get targeted at all. Now, maybe that's a function of our quarterbacks, that's a function of Reese, or, um, you know, we have Mayer and Lindsay and some of these other guys, um, you know, so, so maybe Merriweather couldn't really just break in there. But between Braylon James... And even Cooper Flanagan, who's a tight end. And I don't know if he's actually going to redshirt or if he's actually going to play, but you never know. Um, and then you've got, um, if I scroll down, you got Great House, Rico Flores. And um, yeah, so, so what are your thoughts on these young guys?
2: So if I go by what uh, Marcus Freeman said in his uh, uh, you know interview, uh, Flores and Great House are going to be uh, factors this year for sure. Uh, I'm hoping that Meriwether is the guy. I mean, he has the speed, he has the size. Um, I think that you know, if you've got if you've got a running game, you've got the deep threat with Meriwether. You've got uh, the slot threat with, um, you know, I think that. The future is wide open for this offense, really and truly. I mean, Great House showed great things in the spring game. I mm-hmm. think that Flores showed some some great things. I think if they're as good as they showed, you know, it, the offense is going to be well taken care of this season.
0: Yeah yeah well and it, it even makes me excited not to not to look you know too much into 2024 here but with CJ Carr and then you know Cam Williams coming in you know next year in the freshman class um you know there there's some there's they're keying the I'm happy that Marcus Freeman and our coaches are keying in on on the receivers because it, it has to be necessary you know if if You know, all the data people, all the operations people, you do some Pareto chart, which is kind of what I do here with the stats, like as far as prioritizing things. It's like, look, these are the significant few things you must focus on because all these good teams are doing that. And that's kind of what and and everyone kind of in college football kind of does the same thing, you know, like, look, if we can run triple option and it's down to perfection with estimate or whatever, you know, great. But I don't I don't see that working with Sam Hartman for example, right? He's a, I'm, I was thinking today of pro quarterbacks that he, I think, could remind me of. And I settled upon Dan Marino.
2: Oh, that's good. So yeah.
0: so I was like, okay, if if Dan Marino is our guy and granted won a Super Bowl, but it's like, you know, he was legit at Pitt and he was legit with the Dolphins. And, you know, through, at, at, you know, I don't know how many records he still holds, but, you know, I'm okay with that. <laughs> That's that was kind of the vibe I was getting. I was like, I'm going with a Dan Marino kind of vibe from him. And so, yeah, I'd be okay with that.
2: Yeah. I mean, Hartman's a, he's, he's a talent, right? I mean, it doesn't matter what anybody says about him. He's a talent and, um, I'm happy he's playing for Notre Dame this year. Uh, I don't know that Notre Dame would have as optimistic a season without him being there this year. So
0: Yeah, I think I think the um I think you've hit something really spot on right there. If we had not gotten Sam Hartman, I I think that things would feel different for sure. You know, all these all these guys I'm really talking about tonight and production and efficiencies and receptions. And then when we jump over here to the uh, the rushing game, um, it's really going to be the Audrick Estime show. Um, but pretty much like like these things make you feel good. Um And then when you throw a Hartman in there, it's like, oh, I feel great. You know, um, if I think you've hit something really key that if we still had Pine or Buckner or something and and Hartman like went to the NFL or just stayed at Wake Forest or went even somewhere else um, I think things would feel differently but we we got him he's ours we don't have to have to hypothesize that that false reality right Yeah for sure So I don't even I don't even really want to go there because when we got him I was just like great this is fantastic Yeah I
2: mean how many times do you get a, a known quantity of a quarterback that can pass and pass with precision?
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. All right. Well, in the uh, in the uh, spirit of Adam Dowling, who said RTDB, right? He's uh, he's uh, he's appealing to me. I say we jump over to rushing. Let's diversify here, our portfolio. Sure. Here. Let's not just talk about passing and Hartman. Okay, rushing. All right, here's the deal. The best thing about rushing is we have 60% of all of our rushing touchdowns returning. Um, Buckner had four rushing, rushing touchdowns. Diggs had four. And Pine actually had two. All three of those men combined do not have as many rushing touchdowns that Estimate had last year. Estime had 11, and he individually scored a touchdown every 14 times he touched the ball. Now, here's the best part about that. That is better than the national champion average. National champions score a touchdown every 15.7 touches, and our running back, does it in 14.2 now i i I didn't go into looking at you know what heisman guys do i i am slowly starting to build a tab here in the spreadsheet that is literally labeled rtdb and it will it it encompasses a ton a shit ton of notre dame running backs like like name somebody from jarius jackson to tyree to cj precise alan pinkett um Dexter Williams, one of my favorite of all time, Vegas Ferguson, um, the the great of the greats in, in Notre Dame and, you know, over the last like, you know, 30, 40 years or whatever. Um, but I think we need to also make sure we add some Heisman guys um, as far as like, OK, like, yes, that's cool that we're comparing the Notre Dame guys, but we need to also look at Heisman guys. But anyway, yeah, so back to back to oh, go ahead, go ahead, Jay. I say
2: first shout out is to Dr. Adams. I mean, <laughs> if we're going to talk running backs, we got to talk about Josh Adams. Josh Adams. Adams,
0: yeah, you know, and that's interesting. Like, so, so I this isn't a full analysis here because, um, I have, I have one column that's that's ready to go and it's well, it's not really a column, it's like six columns, but it's about single season stats and who did the best in an individual season as far as. You know yards or touchdowns or yards per carry and things of that nature. And um, Josh Adams, um, he's really good in in 2017. Um, you know he ended up having you know quite quite a few touchdowns there. Um, but he, what I thought was interesting is how many times he carries the ball before he scores a touchdown, and that was 22.9 carries per touchdown. Wow. Which seems really, really high. Yep. Now the best on this, as far as like people who had over a hundred carries, is actually Jonas Gray from twenty eleven. He scored a touchdown every nine point five times. After that is actually Brandon Wimbush. Recall <laughs> that Wimbush actually had the most rushing touchdowns. He had more than Josh Adams. Wimbush had 14 in 2017.
2: That's interesting. It uh, is. I, I it really is.
0: Yeah. Now Dexter Williams in 2018, he scored every 13 touches,
2: and put up the two every time he. Yeah. The peace yeah. sign, the
0: deuce. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> Which made it better because he wore the number two, right?
2: Right. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So, but yeah, no. Josh Adams, 33 trucking, all of that. Everyone remembers that really well, and he put up a shit ton of yards, right? 14 point- uh, excuse me 1430 yards that season and that that's i think why everyone remembers him and as far as who i have on this list he has more than than darius walker and you know 2005 2006 both of them um the next guy uh would be kyron williams who had um 1100 in 2020 oh. And, and, and he probably would have had more if it was actually a, a full you know 12 13 game season right right yeah um but yeah Kyron Williams had finished in 2020 with 13 uh touchdowns
2: well, Kyron I, I mean as as a Rams fan in the NFL um following him still Yes. He's, he's rb2 for for the Rams right now so I mean I'm, I'm happy that he is at least continuing his career. So
0: no doubt, you know, I, and I've, I've said this, you know, up and down, I always want Notre Dame players to be successful at the next level. You know, now do I track them with the same level of scrutiny and whatnot that we do at Notre Dame? No, but, um, you know, they're still part of the family. So, you know, peace. Exactly. With now you were mentioning Tyree and and clearly he's moved over to the receiving group so I didn't necessarily take him away from the rushing touchdowns column uh because he's still technically on the team but if you really wanted to be pessimistic with the stats you would eliminate Tyree because he's quote unquote not a running back now yeah, I would yeah. he in theory he could we, we don't know if that will continue because then if you, if you really step away, like, okay, who are the quote unquote returning running backs that made notable contributions other than estimate, it's only Tyree, you know, Diggs is gone. And then Buckner kind of did his thing when he was in. Um, but then what's really cool about that is who are the quote unquote new guys. Now, two of these guys aren't necessarily, new but do you know who I'm talking about who I'm really excited
2: uh, you tell me I, I have my in my mind you tell me.
0: Jadarian Price
2: yep oh yeah
0: the price I hope is right I am so excited for Jadarian Price anyone at Notre Dame and I said this after the spring game two years ago this is before his injury. Notre Dame, if you're listening to me, when Price scores a touchdown, you need to play this shit in the stadium.
2: <laughs> I love it. Okay,
0: call call CBS, call ABC. I don't even know who runs the prices right anymore. Right? I think it's CBS. Get the rights, okay, to play this in public, right? Okay. Did I? Maybe I'll just turn it down, but. <laughs> Look, we do this for fun, right? You know, this is just a podcast for fun. But Janarian Price, look, he was a four-star. He was the 32nd best recruit in all the state of Texas. He was the 17th ranked nationally running back. And, you know, he's been in the program for a while. Yes, he's battling injuries coming back. Um, So I'm really excited about that. Now, in the same class, um, the 11th best recruit out of Ohio and number 25th nationally running back was um pain um but he sat out uh, last year as well okay so anyway so that's cool now something else that was interesting i was looking at our existing uh players and and who our current recruits are coming in jeremiah love this guy four-star recruit he was the third best recruit out of the state of missouri and the number fifth ranked uh, running back nationally and I, I, I was doing some show prep last night and watched some film of him and that dude can make an edge. Now, it's not quite Reggie Bush uh, good at running the edge, um, but he's very he has very good feet and he's very patient waiting for the hole to open, which is great. Fantastic. It reminds me of Dexter Williams a little bit. Didn't quite have the boogie that Dexter Williams does, but very patient in the pocket. And what's also was revealing about Jeremiah Love, this dude is definitely a Notre Dame guy. He signed on October 15th, 2022. Does anyone remember what happened that night?
2: Not a clue.
0: That's the night we lost to Stanford. Oh, wow. And he, he made a verbal commit to Notre Dame after that shit show. So that shows that this dude is all Notre Dame even after that crap. So
2: <laughs> So this entire running back room is phenomenal. I mean yes. other would be jealous for sure.
0: well and I think I think Estime is, is the experienced one and then these, these other three three guys I just mentioned are 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 young and hungry and ready to, to you know just go out there and kill it. And then you've got Devin Ford. Let's not forget him who transferred in from Penn State. Um, And he played as a true freshman at Penn State in 2019. Now, I didn't I didn't go down the whole history of him at Penn State and with injury or whatever. Um, And I don't even know if he's had an injury, but um, we've got him as well. So we have estimate that's the that is the known quantity. Um, Price, if anyone remembers from the spring game two years ago. We saw all sorts of goodness with him. Um between him and Angeli, they were the quote players of the game. Um but yeah, Price, if he scores touchdowns, man, I'm I'm ready for that guy to just start to move and to go. I'm excited. I'm really excited.
2: Yeah. Me too. Me too. I think I think this season, if I mean really and truly if if the receivers can sync with Hartman, then, you know, as long as the off- offensive coordinator can actually make those decisions, there's no defending this team.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and a lot of this will depend on our linemen. True. If, yeah. if our line sucks um, and is not good, then we're, we're going to have some problems here, but Assuming the the line is uh, is adequate is decent and um, is clearly improved from last year, um, I think we'll be okay. You know, some of these things that our line and kind of the the team in general must improve on, of course, is um, tackles for loss against us, um, and and sacks against um, tackles for loss allowed last year. Um, yeah, you know, it wasn't terrible. We were actually pretty. We were okay. Um, we we averaged four point two three, um, which is actually pretty good. Now that now that I revisit this, um, we were ranked sixteenth in the country in tackles for loss allowed last year, which is interesting, because um, it didn't feel that way.
2: <laughs> no, I mean, I think it all boils down to you know the red zone defense right you know if if we can improve upon that then we've we've made a major step
0: now now our defense or or yeah
2: our our defense yeah Yeah.
0: let me come back to that because because okay you've hit you've hit them like if we're really talking about you know warning lights on the dashboard that's the one um sacks allowed this is this is where i'm at um We're actually right on par with national champion average of 40.3. We were ranked 40th last year, allowing 1.6 sacks against us. So it doesn't sound good um, when you look at the ranking. But if you think like, oh, we were only sacked one to two times, it's actually not that bad. So um, the worst it ever was was actually in 2021, believe it or not. But, you know, I guess that's what happens with Jack Cohn. I don't know. (laughs)
2: he he didn't know how to run i'm just i I just
0: you know he just got concrete feet you know
2: right yeah and i I, he was a great passer i I loved him as a passer but he did not know how to do anything beyond that so
0: well as we get into the defensive talks we can we can go real macro and, and what really needs to improve now red zone scoring defense and red zone touchdown percentage on defense they are not the the quote-unquote most important defensive stats you know those would be scoring defense total defense and rushing defense etc um but you go farther down the list these things do make the top top grouping here uh for things that we will pay attention to and Notre Dame was really really bad uh last year uh let's go the worst to the best it's not really that good um our opponents scored in the red zone they scored touchdowns excuse me touchdowns in the red zone 79% of the time, almost four out of five times our opponents scored touchdowns every time they got in the red zone. And that was the absolute bottom of the barrel. 131st in the country. Not good, Bob. Not good. No. Uh, I need that clip. Damn it. I gotta do better show prep. Um. Then red zone scoring percentage on defense. So that includes field goals. Our opponents scored in the red zone ninety four percent of the time. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, uh, wailing and gnashing of teeth. Now we weren't the worst in the country. Uh, yay, uh, <laughs> we we're the next worst, one hundred thirtieth in the country. So really, not
2: worst is not good.
0: Really bad, really bad. And what's interesting yeah. is if, um, in twenty nineteen, it was very similar. Um, percentage wise, it was actually worse. It was 96% of the time, but we were ranked 129th in the country in 2019. So not good. And I don't know that what, you know, I guess we could break down film and roster personnel or whatever about what was wrong with our defense in, in 2019. Um, and why opponents scored so often against us in the red zone. However, you know the numbers are what they are, and it's uh, it's what I do to inform you all.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm very quickly trying to decide as I as I check Google who our defensive coordinator was then
0: in 2019. Yeah. Oh, that definitely would have still been Clark Lee. <laughs>
2: That's that's just too, too Isn't bad that weird? Because, yeah, it is weird because it is weird. I mean I would have not expected that, but okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let me verify this. I'm pretty I'm like ninety nine percent sure that's the case.
2: Was it his it was first year?
0: Wrong. No. It was not. Yeah, twenty nineteen was Clark Lee. And that was, uh, his first year was 2018. Now, if you recall, like the likes of Julian Love and those guys departed.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, but then 2020, it, it kind of corrects itself, which was, um, Clark Lee's last year with us. And then, then it was Marcus Freeman.
2: Yeah. And you know, I mean, I, when, when Freeman came in and, and, the first game hit and people are like Freeman's not good. And I'm like, no, you got to give him a chance because he really is good.
0: Yeah. It, it it got better as the season went on. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Um, you know, like, like go into the, uh, uh, the, uh, Wisconsin game. Right. Right. You know, that was, that was 2021. Now, you know, the game after that against, uh, um, Cincinnati wasn't so great that was a loss but I don't think that was necessarily because the defense let us down um that was necessary that was more so I think because the offense just did nothing <laughs>
2: right no I I agree with that 100 percent. yeah
0: you know and, and Kyron Williams can't do absolutely everything so um yeah I mean we could we could go down that that rabbit hole if we really want to to rehash that game but um for now let's 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 move into the future here with uh what notre dame's assuming going into 2023 um we got defense here and we'll, we'll invite kevin to jump in because he can he can definitely uh fill some gaps uh and that was that was legit legitimate pun there um we talked about who who are the notable departures foskey Tariq bracy the amiola brothers Brandon Joseph and sadly, Bo Bauer, the sharp hockey skate is gone. Now, of course, Bo Bauer had uh, an injury last year that kind of uh, sidelined him for a good part of the season. Um, what's really interesting is if we if we jump straight to recruiting, um, you know, the top two guys are both um, edge rushers or D linemen. Then you got Christian Gray, who's a cornerback. Uh, Drake Bowen, everyone's talked about him at linebacker. Um Ben Minich at safety or, or well who came as an athlete but now is listed as a safety and then Micah Bell at cornerback. And there's there's multiple other guys. Um and then we have Jean Baptiste of course our uh, transfer from Ohio State. So so lots of new faces on the defense and um to hopefully uh fill in for some of these notable departures. Now, what okay. gives Hi, Kevin.
1: I was going to say the key thing about about what you just said is depth, right? Now we have depth. Like, there's people behind people that gives us a lot of more comfort that if somebody goes down, there's somebody there that can at least pick up the slack, especially at linebacker. I think there's enough depth there where if one of them guys go down, the guys behind them are, are capable.
0: Correct. Right?
1: So I think that's super important with, with what we have.
0: I, I, I couldn't agree more. Now, though Isaiah Foskey, if we jump into some of these stats here, let's do tackles for loss first and sacks. Um clearly Foskey, you know, car- carried his weight um in being the driving force behind uh sacks and tackles for loss. 11 sacks for Foskey and 14 tackles for loss last season. But what's great is the next three guys in the tackles for loss are JD Burchan, Jordan Bethello and Riley Mills, who are returning after Foskey in the Sacks department, you have Jordan Bethello, Riley Mills, and then okay, you got the Avioli brothers, but then you have Kaiser and Bertrand. After that, now if we jump straight over to total tackles, you have Bertrand with eighty-two last year, Kaiser with fifty-eight last year, Lyafo with fifty-one last year dj brown he's still with the team he had 48 then you have foskey so you have to go five levels down to hit the next guy who had the most quote total tackles what i think is great about this those top three guys what position do they all play linebacker and what a departure that is where, you know, when, when Kyle Hamilton was on the team where a safety is like one of our leading tacklers, which isn't necessarily bad, but it's like why is the safety who's supposed to be 20, 15 plus yards back may, being the primary, you know, tackler unless, you know, he's just all over the field because your opponent is passing. I think it's great that Bertrand, Kaiser and Liefau are the top three guys Um, from last year, as far as, uh, accumulating the total number of tackles and those three guys are on the team still and guaranteed, guaranteed to make contributions. So really, really pumped. Now, if I jump over to the fumble department, uh, or fumble recovery, recoveries and forced fumbles, no one individual really jumps out, uh, as far as, um, you know, having multiple fumble recoveries or forced fumbles and stuff like that. So to me, that's kind of a wash. Now, of course, if we go over to the interception department. Oh, everyone knows who I'm going to talk about next. Benjamin Morrison. Truth or a lie, Benjamin Morrison had six interceptions last year. He didn't. That's truth. He had six interceptions. I'd have to go back to figure out, you know, I, I didn't do this. It's just kind of me thinking out loud right now. But who's the last person who had six interceptions in a season as a freshman? Yeah, that's awesome. Um. So so what and and what's interesting about that, that's good and bad. It's good because that means we have an amazing talent out there who can Lock down, hopefully at corner, you know, a our opponent's number one target receiver. So that's good. Uh, so we can we can eliminate that threat or or reduce the uh, the volatility of that threat from our opponent. Or if you're you know someone like a Caleb Williams or a Drake May or whomever you know uh, we're not playing North Carolina this year, but if we were you know and they had their favorite target you can hopefully eliminate them okay and benjamin morrison hopefully is faster and stronger and uh you know he's i don't I, he's probably not meaner because he's actually a pretty nice guy but <laughs> i think what his dad's a minister or preacher or something like that which is dope but anyway um yeah that's just kind of how that how that rolls so well i see lynch is on here at lynch mob nd that's a that's a you know, kind of tongue in cheek Twitter account. I don't follow you. How do I not follow you, Jason Lynch? What the deuce? All right, following you now at Lynch Mob ND, a uh, member of the Dos Leprechauns uh, universe here. Um, you're invited to speak if you so wish. I guess I got to actually hit the button that says invite to speak. Uh, but yeah, we're talking about defense. We talked a little bit about running the football and about passing. Um, so if you want to jump on, by all means, jump on. So, can
1: I ask you a quick question?
0: Absolutely, Kevin.
1: Do you know who's the last Notre Dame um, player to have over a hundred tackles? Would it Ooh. be would it be Taylor? Uh,
0: that that would take some time. If someone has. Uh, has a, a funny story to tell. I could maybe look it up real <laughs> quick, but
1: <laughs> I, I was just trying to, but I couldn't find what's on. You
0: know, there's, um, I'm on my, my, my super secret. Uh, it's not that secret, but it's, uh, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't really do a whole lot. Yeah, this is bad radio. I know uh, stats receiving scoring defense. Yeah. So, so, defensive stuff is, is a lot harder to to find per se um like for example if we were talking about receiving or rushing or something like that or even passing you know said website i'm looking at does every season you know so like for example sports reference right okay here's, here's one of my secrets SportsReference.com. reference.com um really good at navigating um through all of college football and um it immediately highlights that Michael Floyd is you know the leader um in in total receptions um after that's Golden Tate then Samarja um then Derek Mays okay so so the um but the defensive side of the ball and like who had the most tackles or tackles in the season and stuff like that 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 will take some time um now, if I jump over to Manti, let me, uh, like, do you, th- Kevin, do you think it's Manti? I
1: think it's Manti.
0: Yeah. I he, think that's He had a lot. Let's see. As a career, he had 436 total tackles. Yeah. He actually cracked the century mark three times in 2010, 2011, and 2012. And actually 2010, he had the most total tackles with 133.
1: I would love to see a linebacker get up to like that hundred mark. Yeah. I would love to
0: see that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he had what, like seven, eight interceptions, something to that effect. So, um, you know, really, really good, uh, you know, really, really good, really good impact by him. So, but yeah, you, I, I'd have to go season by season to see who the last guy was. Um, mean, we could try to do this real quick, but, uh, we don't want people to fall asleep no brush. behind the wheel. I was just asking. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> let me do that. I'll, I'll, that'll that be something we'll put on Twitter here. Who had, or who was, I guess, uh, is that what you're asking? Who is the last defender with yeah, they have 100, plus 100 plus tackles? Now, is that total tackles, solo tackles, or all the above?
1: Uh, total, I don't think nobody had 100 solos. That would be absolutely
0: crazy. That would be crazy, be- yeah. Manti never had that. He was up in the 60s. <laughs> so if that's the case, then your entire defense is trash. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. Well, I see, I see Mr. Jason Lynch here. He put himself on mute. Um, you can hit the pink button in the lower left-hand corner if you so wish to join us and contribute tonight. Um, it's not quite morning yet. It's 11 o'clock. Jason, welcome to the Fighting Irish Faithful Show. What's up, buddy? Yo! How's things going?
3: Oh, it's nice. Nice, nice weather tonight we're having compared to what we have had.
0: Right, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, we... I'm like, I need to cut my grass here, but it keeps raining up here in central Indiana. So, okay, darn, I don't have to do that chore, right? <laughs> <laughs> are you getting like a fall fall chill in the air kind of where you're at right now? Or, or, or are you still kind of like, is summer still teasing you a little bit?
3: It's, yeah, we're supposed to get down into the middle 60s tonight. And then, you know, for the next few days, I think it's highs in the 80s. But then it goes back to 100-plus next week.
0: Oh, well, that sucks. Well, hopefully the humidity is not as uh, as uh, atrocious as it has been uh, in days of yore. But, uh, yeah, no, the, uh, <laughs> I, I think fall is starting to creep in. Like, Doc was saying something to me about how she opened, cracked the windows, and she was like, oh, I was letting the fresh air. And then she got cold or whatever, and I'm like, okay, fine, <laughs> like, whatever right I'm like i'm at work i'm I'm in an office building all day, so i don't I can't really relate i'm sometimes I feel like a vampire, and because at one point I was in manufacturing and I was working in a building that had no windows, and especially in the winter, it's like I never saw the sun like I went in it was dark, I come out to my car, it's dark, it's like I'm just a vampire i don't I don't know what the sun is
3: <laughs> yeah that would be rough,
0: yeah, it was uh It's okay. It's, you know, it's just what you got to do. So what are you, uh, what are your thoughts? So we're, we're talking specifically, uh, we, we did quarterbacks last week and now we're doing the rest of the team tonight.
3: (laughs) I got in about the time you started talking about Morrison. Um, and yeah, as far as like, I don't, I can't remember as far as who had, as far as career interceptions, I want to say it's been a while, but I I almost leaned toward maybe Luther Bradley. Okay. Um, like that was at one time one of the interception record holders.
0: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not so sure about him. I was. I was uh, going to lean towards um, for uh, um, uh, Kyle Hamilton, but he actually only amassed eight total in his career, which is interesting
3: really yeah wasn't that but
0: yeah um now Harrison Smith on the other hand where do you think he is do you think he's at 8 or above or lower
3: i would say probably above maybe maybe so no, so four.
0: you would think because in one season he had 7 He had seven interceptions in 2010, but that's it. He had no other interceptions per my source here. He had no other interceptions in any other season. But then if you jump over to Benjamin Morrison, who had six for us last season, um, it's it's absolutely fantastic, right? Right,
3: right. First season. Yeah. And then 3 in 1 game.
0: Ooh, I don't I don't have that level of detail, but I I know he had two in the Clemson game.
3: Right. I thought um, he might have had maybe in, in the Boston College game.
0: Oh, yeah. I bet I bet there's some goodness there. Uh, let's see here. I wonder if I know this is bad. This is bad radio here, but if I click on his name Should I give me his game stats here? Or maybe it only does that for quarterbacks. I don't know. Game logs. Boom. Okay, there we go. Let's see here. Interceptions. Oh, you're 100% right. Three in Boston College, two in Clemson, and one against South Carolina.
1: Okay.
0: So in Benjamin Morrison gets interceptions we always win
3: (laughs) we'll take that
0: i'll I'll take that when he has zero let's see he's got one two three he's got four losses when he has zero and he's got one two three uh six wins when he also has zero so i don't know i don't know what that means but
3: (laughs) i wonder did he play all 10 games or 12 games last season or was he
0: he played all 13 games
3: Thirteen, yeah.
0: 13. Yeah, the only the only game that he didn't have, um, well, actually that's not true. He had two games that didn't have where he didn't like get a tackle or some to that effect, and that was Marshall, vomit, and BYU. Okay. But maybe he maybe he got her on a really hot streak at a craps table, and so he was like, like, screw you guys, I'm gonna no, probably not, but. <laughs> right it's like like if you're on if you're on a heater on the table like you don't leave right it's a hot table you you keep playing right <laughs> i was i was at a i was at a family reunion a couple weeks ago which is why last week's quote last week's show was moved to a friday and not the normal quote unquote normal tuesday night midweek um and my plane got delayed it was is it was messed up but anyway uh the the last night of our family reunion, I was talking to Red Snapper. I'm like, you know, there's a casino not far from where we're at, and so like we actually got to talking to like my great aunt and my grandmother who is is celebrating a hundred years of birth. Uh, tomorrow is her birthday, <laughs> um, and we're like, let's all go to the casino, <laughs> and so we're like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> and then one of my cousins was like we're like teaching him how to play craps, like in the backyard and stuff. And we're like, does anyone have a game of Monopoly? Like here, we'll show you what, we, what this is what you do.
3: <laughs> so I looked on Wikipedia, of course, as accurate as that. May oh, it's or may pure not truth,
0: be. man. Pure truth.
3: Yeah. But it shows singles or uh, career interceptions was Luther Bradley was 17. Interesting. Wow. Uh, 73
0: to 70. He doesn't make the list here. I don't know why. But I believe you. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna debate you here.
3: Right. There should be like I don't know if Notre Dame has it on their page, but there should be like a records page, you would think, with all the
0: I, I agree. I'm I'm using, you know, a third party uh, um Website here, so you know we'll we'll see what where that goes. But yeah, Andy, career interception stats for Jason Lynch. (laughs) Well,
3: no, just to see how accurate Wikipedia is.
0: Oh no, 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 no! I I heard you loud and clear. This is this is what you want to know. But like, like, like let's think about that you know interceptions turnovers takeaways you know it's a huge momentum shift you know it's it's a ability to steal points away from your opponent um if you go back to i think it was 2018 um where you know michigan excuse me we were playing at michigan state and michigan state just coughed the ball up left and right um and though they're they're you know, they put up a lot of yards, you know, they would fumble at at certain points. At one point they fumbled on the goal line and we recovered. So the, um, if our defense can, can, you know, get takeaways, quite frankly, um, you know, that's, that's, that's fantastic, right? For sure. You know, I mean, we don't have to be, we don't have to be the, the quote unquote best in turnover margin. Cause like one thing, one thing I started looking at, like, a couple years ago when i when i started producing this spreadsheet you know i was getting really wrapped around the axles on the turnover piece because turnovers are like fumbles our fumbles the opponent's fumbles interceptions interceptions we throw etc and i was like you know what let's simplify this just because i'll lose my mind and rather than track you know five or six stats let's just track one and so i i use turnover margin in aggregate not per game but the total sum and so it's it 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 takes into account the turnovers that notre dame has and then also what we take away from our opponent now national champions on average end up with a value of eight ranked 24.6 about 25th in the country in turnover margin now last year was was not good it wasn't the worst it ever was Um, but we were in the negatives the last time we were in the, we were minus three last year. We were ranked 86 in the country. The last time we were negative, Jason, just name a year. The last time Notre Dame was negative in turnover margin. I'll give you a hint. It was our, the last time we went under 500. Last
3: time under 500. Fourteen? Was it 14, 15?
0: 2016. 16, okay. Yeah. We were ranked 90th in the country. We were minus nine. Now, that's actually not the worst in the Kelly era. The worst was actually 2011. We were minus 15 in turnover oh. margin. Absolutely oh. atrocious. Really bad. Yeah. So... So anyway, um, Benjamin Morrison interceptions, forced fumbles. You know, we, we didn't get a whole lot of fumbles last year. And the, the, if if I'm if I'm the defense, you know, other than Benjamin Morrison keep getting interceptions, um, we got to get some fumble fumble recoveries, forced fumbles, etc. Um, and and that's an area where I think anyone on the team can be impactful. Yes. Yes,
3: okay. and a lot of it, you see. And I I watch, you know, more high school ball, I guess, over the course of the year. Um, You see a lot of these kids, they're they're not trying to wrap up and tackle. They're trying to strip the ball. And a lot of times that just, you know, the fundamental is to tackle. But, you know, I see a lot of missed missed tackles when they're trying to to strip the ball.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you there, man. Well, and it's like it's one of those things where it's like, look, if, you, if you're there to make the tackle, you know, number one guy get in there, wrap up the next guy get in there. You know, you pull at that thing like it's a lawnmower. Right. But but the primary guy, his job needs to be tackle, stop the play. And then and then, you know, it, like if, if you have proper technique and you come in with a club as you're wrapping up, you know, with your hand or your you you put your helmet on the ball or, or what have you like those are fortunate things. Um, but in general, you know, if I'm, unless, unless you've got, you know, some amazing talent out there or some monster, um, in general, like your, your job is to tackle them and to just stop them. Um, the next guy who comes in is, you know, I would encourage him, to go ahead and take the ball away. And if people disagree, you know, that's fine. You know, no one has to agree. We don't have to have groupthink group think here. Um, but that's my opinion on, you know, on, on how defense is supposed to work. You know, like, like th- there's a reason why turnover margin is farther down on the list versus the other defensive stats. Okay. Right. Scoring defense, stop the ball. Don't let them score. OK, then total defense. What's total defense? It's yards. OK, um, you, you've got it. You've got to make the tackle, prevent them from moving the ball down the field. OK, um, you know, I, I say yard points, which is kind of tug in cheek. And that's actually a reference to an older older show, which I won't go into here. Um, but yard points, as far as your defense is concerned, is the fifth most important stat. Total touchdowns, then passing touchdowns, then scoring offense. Those are top three, all offense. Then scoring defense, then total defense. Right. You have to stop the ball on defense. So that's why su- fundamental tackling, no big plays, right? You know, make the opponent's offense earn every fucking yard. Right. But do not <clears throat> take that for granted. Look, you get a turnover. Great, but that is not your primary job as a defender is to get turnovers. Everyone likes right. it. It's really exciting. It's really fun in Notre Dame Stadium when our band starts doing the you know what I'm saying? Like, that's great. That's really fun. But no, I'd rather them go three and out punt and then we get the ball back. And then Tyree, you know, scores a touchdown, right? And and does his best Tim Brown impression. Right. Totally fine with that. Absolutely. <laughs> I feel like I'm being really aggressive tonight. I don't know. We're talking about defense and tackling, right? Yeah. I'm I'm yes. trying to te- teach my toddler son proper form tackling of head up, wrap up, and drive your feet.
3: There you go. So. <laughs> start them too young. Can't start them too young.
0: That's that's my thought. I got I got to work on the dock here to to warm up to. uh Tim playing it's funny we we have some friends they have they have a kid who's like eight or nine or something and he started playing like pop warner you know tackle football with uh you know on a team or something and 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 so of course you know his dad was like a coach coach or something on the team helping out or whatever and and so so it's like a good like father-son bonding thing which i think is going to be my best uh my best ally in the future here for something like that you know assuming assuming you know my kid wants to do that or even like i'm not gonna put him out there if i don't think he's got the chops to do it like if i think he's gonna be you know rocked like one of those those you know videos you see on on youtube of you know poor little kids getting rocked like i'm i don't i don't want that to happen i'd rather him be successful than whatever he does because he's not the biggest kid but you know he might have a growth spurt or might just be a He might just have a little bit of, you know, Joe Schmidt in him and just, (laughs) just be crazy. (laughs) Just be like, ah, you know, like, and if that's the case, then it's like, look, babe, do you see that? Like, he's going to go sick boy.
3: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Just have to watch his his demeanor on the playground.
0: Yeah, that's it. It's like, okay, maybe we should homeschool him. I don't know. (laughs) For the sake of the other children. I don't know. The, and then, it'll, then it'll then it'll be like unleashing the child on everyone else. that will have all this aggression. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know.
2: Uh-huh.
0: These are the conversations you have with about your toddler. Like, okay, where are we going next? I don't know. We'll figure it out.
3: Absolutely.
0: All right. Enough about my family. Uh, Lynch. Anything else? Uh, any you you think that uh, we need to discuss? We've missed. Um, I appreciate all the how we're bringing in strong, strong at the end of the show tonight on the defense. This is fantastic. Absolutely.
3: No, I, I like I said, I got on late. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, I'm sure you had it covered fairly well. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, tackling and stopping the big play over the top, I think is going to be key.
0: Absolutely, now uh, other other sidebar question: Since you're uh, you're you're affiliated with the uh, Dose Leprechauns universe, uh, how are you gonna spend that uh, bonus check we were promised today? Right, ten thousand okay. followers on Facebook. I don't
3: know. <laughs> probably, I mean, probably extra game in South Bend.
0: Yeah, are we, are we <laughs> really getting money, or is 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 uh is our our fearless leader at Dose Leprechauns uh, just pulling our leg? Yeah. Right. yeah. I assume that's what's going on. Yeah,
3: for now, for now probably so.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm still waiting for business cards to show up. I think I'm just gonna have to Vista print my own fucking business cards. Do you know how that's, many times I see people? I was at the store today and there was a dude with Notre Dame crap and I'm just like, damn it, if I just had a business card, I could like straight up a conversation yeah. be like, Hey man, check us out. Here you go.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, and I and being in SEC country, I see hardly any Notre Dame's
0: well for you it's even more important it's like you've got to like I, 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 I don't want to say like build a commune but you definitely have to network and find find the Notre yeah. Dame people I'm I'm fortunate to be here in Indiana so at least I'm in the same flipping state
3: right yes you know I'm
0: I can claim Midwest <laughs> yeah
3: yeah a couple really really good friends of mine they've been Notre Dame fans for a long time too so We live in the same town, share the same Notre Dame football passion. So that's good. And actually I've met some other people from, you know, three hours away at, at different, you know, high school events, whether it be basketball or football, cause I'm everywhere I go. It's, it's Notre Dame gear. Cause that's just about all my closet consists of.
0: Yeah. I know it's, it's pretty much everything I, uh, I, I roll with as well. The, um, You know, another way to find uh, uh, Notre Dame fans is just, you know, go to a Catholic mass and then wear wear a Notre Dame polo or something and just be like, hey, what's up? You know, and just kind of talk to the priest and then just kind of hang out and just like, hey, yeah, and not that you should go to mass for a social thing. You should go there to actually develop your spirituality and your relationship with God. But, uh, you know. (laughs) Yeah. But we started the show tonight mentioning that today is a holy day of obligation. So, if you're listening to this now, uh, all of you people who are listening to this on the 16th and you didn't go to mass and you are Catholic, you know what? Look up when confession is because it was a holy day of obligation, all right, Catholics, get get with it. Get with the program here. You know what? You know better. Refocus your life, okay? <laughs> Put the podcast down. All right. We, I, I we went to the vigil yesterday. We went, I, I said, we're going to podcast. Um, It's Tuesday. It's usually a busier work week, right? For me, uh, Tuesdays in general, I'm like, let's go to the vigil. And even though we had a busy Monday, I'm like, like ah, do we want to go to the vigil? Go? And I'm like, no, let's get to go to go the vigil. We'll go, you know, do our, our fulfillment. And, you know, we're, we're planning our life around church, not the other way around. Okay. Right. It's, hey, one man's opinion. But, uh. Yeah, that's me. That's Agreed. What, this is what we do here. All right, man. We're uh, Jay, Kevin, Jason. If anyone, everyone, just jump on. Last thoughts, if nothing else, just scream "F Michigan" and then hang up or go Irish. And like, here's the crazy piece. So, so we did tonight's show. We've kind of gone through every statistical piece. Next week, we talk about Navy. Because it's Navy week next week. What the hell? It just came on in a hurry. How the fuck did that happen <laughs> so far? It doesn't even feel... Like, I'm not ready for football to start. Like, like I am, because, I mean, I always miss Notre Dame football, and I'm excited. Don't get me wrong. Right. But I'm also, like, it's, it's still August. Like, I feel like I'm, I've got to, like, you know overseed my lawn or something right now still i'm not even really like thinking about like football like yes we're doing this podcast and i'm drinking drinking the scotch right and we're doing all that happiness but it's like how is it football season already like this is nuts like jason does does notre dame have the first game like in all of college football
3: i think Pro- well, yeah, probably I remember so. reading
0: that, but I never went and actually did the research like to like the schedule like it's usually like Florida Atlantic versus, you know, Citadel or, you know, something weird like that, right? Or, or some other big game like the, like the one they always have that like big kickoff game that's in Georgia or something. It's always like a Wednesday night game, right?
3: Yeah, it could very well be because I know it, it's what 1230 Central is when it starts
0: gosh so, I, you know i was on on you know i've got uh, i got the internet here let's just verify this uh all right nd nation we're gonna we're gonna roll with you um nd nation is telling me that it's 2 uh, 30 eastern one yeah. thirty central yeah which is okay. crazy because th- i'm pretty sure that's uh that's a late game that's if let's yep. see, if ireland <laughs> is five six hours 7 30 8 30 that's a night game over there and in, in, uh in ireland so
3: because the last one they played was, God, it started like at 8 in the morning. It yeah. was
0: early. Yeah, I remember watching it at like 9, 10 in the morning. I agree. I remember in our apartment um, in 2012, and I remember, I remember that season very well. Um, and I remember watching that game um, in the morning uh, and absolutely loving it. It was fantastic.
3: Yeah, it was way early. I was having coffee and watching Notre Dame football instead.
0: It was awesome. Like I'm pretty sure, I, it, for me, it was coffee. Like we had a, like a big breakfast, and then you know we had coffee, and then we were like spiking it with Jameson and maybe a little bit of Bailey's or whatever. And then like like that was the game. Like did not drink beer at all because it's like it's ten o'clock in the morning. Like it just doesn't sound good with with an omelet. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Beer and a bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit doesn't. Sound.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, but coffee. Now we're talking yes all right so let's see here um we may or may not i still have to have to grease some wheels here there there's um we will of course next week this time do our navy pregame now we will not be breaking down triple option film because we don't actually know if that's what navy is gonna do now that they have a they kind of cleaned house at the end of last year yes Uh, but i think
3: Hey, maybe they're using some kind of two quarterback system now. I don't know if it's two quarterbacks on the field at the same time.
0: That's chaos.
3: Yeah, what the issue is going to be there, but I did. It was a headline on one of the pages. I was scrolling through social media.
0: Yeah, so, um, so more to come on Navy. We'll do our research on uh, scouting the Naval Academy, or maybe they're just going uh, special ops covert on us. And uh going to try to catch the Irish by surprise. We don't know yet, but we'll we'll save that analysis for this time next week on the podcast version, which you can find on tw- on well we're on Twitter live Twitter space and then Spotify, iTunes and all these other uh, your normal podcast places. This is the Fighting Irish Faithful show powered by Dos Leprechauns Media. Still waiting for the check to clear. Right, Jason? <laughs> yes. but we do this because we love notre dame and uh honestly it's, it's it's a good group of people to be associated with and and i um, happy happy to contribute to the dos leprechauns universe but i did have to tell nd nation that the fighting Irish faithful shows link that they used because because nd nation has actually linked me for, for over two years um yeah. on my shows and i don't even really have to like tell them but i did have to reach out to them uh, this year, and say, hey, we've officially moved over here to the dose Leprechauns YouTube channel. So, if you want to listen to this or put it on YouTube or whatever, um, it's on the dose Leprechauns YouTube channel.
3: Yeah, new outlet,
0: new outlet. It is the new outlet. Well, they, I mean, they're the, they're the mothership. Now, they're not directly paying the bills here, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're at, we're how, how many how many more uh more jabs can we give to to our uh our, our fearless leader i don't know
3: but. yeah not listening so i feel it's free game that's right
0: well yeah yeah some sort of like maybe maybe he'll like you know print off the whole transcript of the show and and go through it line by line with a highlighter and yeah, uh, yeah. I, I can picture him with like one of those like green like banker's visors you know and, and what what's that thing on the arm it's it's like it's like an armband like you see like like i imagine like a like a bookie at like a horse race like was it like a man garter like an arm garter you know what i'm talking about right i can see although can you imagine yeah could you I'll imagine to... hendrix wearing one of those on? <laughs> i'll
3: have to work up and edit with hendry in a bookie outfit <laughs>
0: Please do that. Photoshop his face with with a man garter on. (laughs) And a a green visor. A clear green visor.
3: Yes, yes, the clear front. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Um,
0: All right. All right, well, Mr. Lynch, thank you for jumping on and uh, your contributions tonight. Kevin Davis, any last thoughts before we sayonara out of here for the week? Only to come back ready for to defeat Navy, if not Kevin, have a good night. And uh, Kevin Davis, we we hope you're still coaching football. Uh, we want to uh, stay up to up to uh, up to date on how the team is doing. If you are still coaching, if not, no big deal. Uh, let's see here. Any last thoughts? I I don't think so. We've gone very stat heavy tonight. We've talked about the team. You know we here's the thing. We don't really know what is in store this season. You know, we, we try to use data and analytics, but there may, may be someone we have not mentioned or only mentioned their name once or twice tonight. And, um, you know, they may be very impactful on either offense and or defense. We, we don't know. Sure. Um, but if that's the case, you know, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna bring it. Um, and if not, Yep. You know, and and we, we hit the nail on the head that price is, is the key and him and Estime are gonna be the, the one two punch and we'll hear Estime doing his dance, you know, green jersey, whatever thing. Um um and price will have hear the price is right thing, you know. It's uh it's all good. It's all good. Oh yes. So All right. Well, this seems fitting since uh, today is the Assumption of Our Lady, I figure we go out with something a little more chill honoring uh, Notre Dame, Our Lady and the Mother of Christ, Christ our savior. I'd appreciate. It. Thank you everyone for joining us. This is the Fighting Irish Faithful show, powered by Dust Leprechaun's Media, season 4, episode 5, volume 91 very happy uh if you've stayed with us for the hour and a half that this show has been going on um thank you really appreciate everyone's loyalty and if you're new you can expect this similar analysis now it's the beginning of the season it's a little light on the contributors but i guarantee you we will do some post-game shows and once we hit the season and we start moving in our stride we'll start uh start doing stuff here thank you everyone Have a good night, go Irish, and we'll see you one more show before the season begins.